If you've struggled with stress, balance, or burnout, and simply feel discouraged or even defeated, and if you're ready to move from force to flow and enjoy ultimate Zen success in your career, health, or relationships, then the Zen Success Show is for you. Your host, Carissa Sims, is an entrepreneur, corporate consultant, best-selling author, meditation teacher, and healer who has found her own Zen success. Here's your host, Carissa Sims. Welcome to this week's episode of Zen Success. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Holly Hall. Holly is a master astrologer with uh, an education in psychology, philosophy, NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming Certified, PL, Past Lives, Hypnosis, good, I figured that out, Hypnosis Therapy, (laughs) Heart Math Certified, Heart Math is amazing. She is a clairvoyant, Mm -hmm. remote viewing, intuitive life and business consultant, and she is also endorsed by New York Times bestselling author, Oprah's top 10 expert, Dr. Shafali. She predicted her fame. That's exciting. Along with many high profile physicians, clinical therapists, psychologists, parenting experts, and corporate marketing professionals. Well, welcome, Holly. Thank you, Chris. It's awesome to be here. Well, I was wanted to have you on my show because recently I did a reading. I booked an hour session with Holly And I thought it would be really helpful for our audience just to get to know you and to maybe answer some questions because the insight she provides is profound. And I was, you know, it's funny that I offered to interview on my show because when Holly and I did our session, I didn't even bring up my podcast and my show. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah, And then I was like, oh, I just want to interview you because I was asking her career advice because I have all of these projects and ideas um, coming through that want to be birthed through me. And and here I am with the show. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even get any insight on it. So but I'm I'm here and I just love um, interviewing amazing people. And I wanted to explore the question about destiny. Do we have a destiny and what part does co-creation come into our lives? That is, that is a great question. And a lot of people ask that because, and I have people come to a reading and go, I'm excited and I'm scared at the same time because (laughs) they don't want to feel like that their life is predestined and that they don't have any choice or they don't have any control over and it's exactly the opposite of that destiny is created as soon as we understand that our destiny is co-created then we realize that the the destiny itself or fate or free will is nearly impossible not to incorporate into our lives naturally so it's no different than Anything that you create in your life, your home, your car, your job, your your children, your relationships, your friendships. And a lot of people will think that things are happening uh, 
to us, but they're actually happening for us. And we co-create that. And there are some things that are devastating and people would say, well, why would I co-create something as terrible as that or a negative relationship with someone? Now, that's when we get more into the biology of our psychology. And that's sort of more the human form. We can get really caught up in our, more in our limiting beliefs and some healing that needs to be done. And so often we end up in situations that are going to help us get over that limiting belief and that healing takes place. So some people will say to me, um, you know, how can I let go of my blocks? And I go, well, careful what you wish for. Because that's <laughs> yeah, the universe be... will bring you circumstances. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so fascinating because you're saying we are co-creators, but if we have this thought or this desire to move past some kind of trauma or issue, we'll get another chance to do that, right? Always. Um, astrologically, that's what I like because I see what's called timelines. And in those timelines, we can um, we can use them to our advantage. Now, some of the timelines are challenging. And so we want to take that, uh, use that to our advantage to be able to let go of limiting beliefs and blocks and what's holding you back, or maybe some childhood trauma that needs to be healed. A lot of our childhood trauma is karma. It's car- because we're karmically connected to our soul family. And many of them come in as our physical family, like our mom and our dad and our brothers and sisters. And so we want to get through that karmic lesson that we have with them in order to be able to move forward. And a lot of times that is we're, we are really letting go of our karmic family uh, so that we can either move beyond what the situation is or we can help them move beyond whatever that situation is. And that can get really complex in itself. Um, but yeah, so if you're if you're interested in advancing, you need knowing the timelines in astrology will help you. And then some of them are opportunities that it's easy for us to miss because we can get lazy when we're feeling kind of good and everything's going smooth and we don't really want to take advantage of that good energy. So we just sort of sit back. But I'll say to my clients, well, this is a certain time that's happening and I want you to take advantage of it. You might meet somebody, connect with somebody, get some information and you don't you don't want to miss that opportunities or you want to reach out some people will have you know their shyness some of its personality like I'm too shy I don't feel confident uh, I, I can't say something like that I can't do something like that and you really have to be brave like if you want to evolve and you want to co-create positive things in your life it takes an enormous amount of bravery and sort of getting out of your own way most of the time Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. So do you ever give tips to your clients on letting go of the past and stepping into a new future? Because I I know you talked about being brave. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the first, the best tip is to know who you are. You have to know exactly what, who you are, good, bad, um, and the ugly. And so take status of like who you are right now. Right. And and the best way to do that is observation. Just observe yourself. Like if you find yourself being triggered in even the slightest situation to something very, very traumatic, you want to witness who is that part of me? Because you're not the totality of every situation. 
it's just a part of you that's being triggered. So you want to witness who is that? What is that part of me that's being triggered? And it might be the the, the little girl that uh, could never get approval from her dad. And so the now the boss is asking you to come in for an interview or, or, or uh, you know, a review of your work. And you're hearing 90% good stuff, but that 10% has you walking out with your tail between your legs. You just feel really triggered by being told that you could improve on 10%, which would be only normal. I would, you know, I think it would be very rare. Somebody goes, you know what? You nailed it. Go, go move on <laughs> kind of thing, right? There's always room for improvement. So when you when you witness your triggers, or your triggered self, then that's how you get to know yourself more and more. Mm. A lot of people don't want to do that because it's painful. And yeah, but there can be healing on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And recognize your ego as well. The ego is very protective and the ego is not bad. Sometimes the ego wants to protect you. And in certain situations, it's extremely helpful to have your ego. And a lot of people don't, a lot of people think ego is like, oh, you think you're all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> and it's, that's not the ego. If you study uh, Freud, um, you'll learn the id and the ego. And there's a, it goes much beyond that psychologically. So when the ego can tell you that you're not good enough, you can't do that. You're not good enough. Well, that's not going to work out. That's too big. You're, you're not that important. Why even bother trying? You're not going to be big enough. You're not going to be important enough. You're not going to be popular enough. So why write that book or why do that podcast? I didn't you know that you did that too. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very deceptive and deceiving. And that's not, um, that's a voice that comes above your a fear that you have that was somehow psychologically created either in this lifetime or previous lifetimes. So that's what, that's where it takes bravery because you have to go up against that ego and go, you know what? No, I'm doing this anyways. And if I fail, oh, well, I'll deal with that when that happens. Right. And then if you, if it does fail, you know, it's not successful. Let's say you write that book and you sell a hundred copies and it never really sells anymore then the ego can come in and go, well, don't ever do that again. Uh, you, you can't look at you, you failed. <laughs> right. But those who have overcome their, um, that ego who have a passion, maybe at the same token, it was like, Oh, I just felt like it was something I had to do. And once I was finished writing the book, I realized I don't really like writing books. That's okay. That's not the ego. That was just, you had an experiment, you tr- you co-created and you realized not my thing. Yeah. For now, you don't know, 20 years from now, you might go, I think I'll write that book. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So where do you, so when people have intuitive thoughts about, oh, wow, I would love to have a house on the beach. Are they seeing uh, a glimpse of their, a possible timeline or possible future manifestation? Or mm-hmm. is that just like material things that everybody thinks about and, and anyone can manifest like any little thing that they want? Like, what are, you, what are your thoughts about that? We can uh, to a degree. So for instance, what has put me in this position to have a podcast with you and to be able to do readings with people like you began manifesting over 30 years ago. Okay. So we have to be very, very patient. And that's when I got my first book on astrology. It 
it turbo boosted uh, seven years ago when I had the bravery to ask Dr. Shafali to endorse me. And so these little things, it doesn't happen overnight. So because of that, I'm able, I mean, you can't tell because I have this beautiful sky behind me, but I'm in Mexico now for six months and we're nomads, we're traveling. And as I started working and building up my skill set and becoming much more intuitive, much more clairvoyant, I was able to see clear signs of what I was supposed to do when I was supposed to do it, to be able to get in the position of living the life that I am. And it does take bravery because not having a home, not having a physical real estate home, a lot of people can't do that. They feel oh. this sense of strong security having that home base. Yeah. And therefore, because you know, your home is in the heart wherever. Right. Yeah. And eventually when I'm ready to buy a home, I'll buy a home. Um, but yeah, when you, when you look at, so we have a multi-dimensional living and we're constantly, uh, shifting dimensions second by second. And it's usually by your thoughts and you just travel your thoughts. Like your thoughts are like, some of us think a million miles a minute and our (laughs) thoughts are going in so many different directions. Someone like you, who's very inventive and creative, you're also channeling the thoughts of the uh, library of everybody else's thoughts. (laughs) Course, right. right? Yeah, and it's out there you going. Hey, decide. you want to do this? You want to yeah. do that? You wanna oh, pick, pick the apple from this tree, right? And right. so, when you're on the beach and you're looking at a cottage, and you're like, oh, I could see myself living here. Yeah, that is a dimension. You have just momentarily peered oh. into a dimension. I loved it. I love that. Where oh, you're like, God. I could live here, and you yeah. could. Yeah, if you I really, really want it. Experience, but do you really want it? That's right. And and maybe it's about the experience, like you. Like you don't necessarily have a house, but you're living the lifestyle that you desire. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so you might walk away from that cottage and say, you know what, I I can't really live that far. I have a job where I have to go mm-hmm. to work, and this is three hours away, and I can't do it. Or yeah. You could say to the universe, you know what? I really want this. Show me how I can live on the water. You may not want that particular water, that particular cottage. Right, right. You want to live by the water and just say, can you make this happen for me? Mm -hmm. And then little things will start to happen. Some things might be irritating. Like all of a sudden you might realize how much you can't stand your job. (laughs) You know, it's like, I can't work here anymore. Uh, And then you say to the universe, help me find a way to have a happier job. mm, mm -hmm. And then somebody, you might be at a party and someone says, you know what? I heard such and such a company is hiring and you get to work online. And then that's a sign. Then you're like, oh, I'm going to check into that. But a lot of people won't check into things because they're so in their narrative. They're not paying attention too. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, I would, I wouldn't want to work there. How do you know that? <laughs> you don't really know that because you yeah. haven't checked it out. Right. right. Yeah. So for instance, I had that on my TikTok um, at, at Ask Holly Hall is my TikTok. I got a lot of content there. I had, you know, you get the naysayers that don't like astrology or they don't believe in this and they don't believe in that. Oh, really? You get comments oh, yeah. about oh, that. Yeah. Oh yeah, my I gosh. Like, so you have to be like, I thought astrology was just like, oh yeah, it's so widely accepted. Oh no, it's the devil's work for some people. Wow. 
goes yeah. against yeah god's work that's i get a lot of those comments or yeah. it's just woo woo you know this doesn't really work what are you what are you thinking about so i did a tiktok where i'd said you know if i challenge you and i took this in philosophy class my philosophy professor was amazing mm. and uh i w- i won't make a a short story long but at the <laughs> end of it at the end of it they basically challenged us to think the opposite of our belief system and write an essay oh my that, god backing That's it amazing. up that's right. A- so I said to the people in my audit, my tribe at TikTok, I said, I want you to write down something you absolutely don't believe in. Maybe you don't believe in the Bible. Maybe you don't believe in aliens. Maybe you don't believe in astrology and spend a couple of days studying it. Watch videos, look at the history of it mm-hmm. and challenge yourself to, to see once you know, once you educated yourself on it, if you still don't believe in it, that's fine perfectly fine but don't say you don't believe in something if you've never done any research on it it. yeah that's such a good point and you know what's interesting about my own being and belief I feel so open now I feel so like oh that could be true and I feel like more open to people's opinions like okay well that's their belief system but you know maybe it's true and and then there's also that aspect of we're creating our reality so it is true for them in a way right yeah yeah, yeah. and we're so we're so in, entrenched in backing up our belief system because we feel threatened that it could be wrong because we have some kind of we anchor some kind of security to that you just look at um politics you know people arguing about what if they're left or they're right um rather than just really sitting there and listening to why they believe Mm -hmm. in their narrative of it like what is it that moves them and motivates them and comforts them in that um, but they're really are too busy arguing about who's right and who's wrong that mm-hmm. they never get to that intimate conversation with mm-hmm. somebody else. Politics is probably specifically in the States and Canada. Mm-hmm. We're not that he- heated up about politics. Um, mm-hmm. But I know in the United States, from my experience that it can get, let's not discuss this at the dinner table because we're going to end up breaking up our family. Right, kind of- right. I feel like sometimes politics creates a separation with humanity and it's a false separation. It's like, we forget that unity consciousness that what we have in common and, and how we can, I mean, I know it sounds cheesy, but what can we find that we have in common that we can actually like maybe be kind to one another or, you know, share a common mm. interest. I don't know. I just feel that's why I, I get annoyed to be honest with politics because I just feel like it's lower vibration and uh, yeah, it is. I just don't even want it is because at the end of the day, and even had this debate with my not debate, but conversation with my husband who was talking about politics in the United States yeah, and, uh, and I said, why, what really frustrates me is that you're narrowing it down to two people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and and one you don't like. like, there's a lot of other options out there. What if you just don't like any of them? Yeah, <laughs> just, exactly. We need to get rid of, we need to scrap it all yeah. and just 
start again, you know, or why don't you just tell people I don't like any of them? Why do you have to pick the lesser of two evils, so to speak? Um, But that's what it does. It gets us into this duality thinking that there's only one way or another. Mm. Yeah. And, and a lot of life does that educational system does that the medical system does that. If you go to your doctor, the doctor will say, Hey, you got to take this pill or else you're going to have this problem. That's your choice. That's <laughs> your choice, one or the other, you know? And you're like, but no, wait, I got other choices. I, I could seek out a naturopath. I could, you know, and, and because we don't, because our medical system doesn't operate on duality, um, or sorry, oper- does not operate outside of duality, they don't give you that option. They don't say, well, you know what, though, you might want to seek out some other, you know, maybe go to a nutrition and look at your diet and look at your health. They're not going to tell you that. Yeah. Because they make a lot of money off of pharmaceuticals. So that's part of right. their duality. and That's part of their thinking. But as right. soon as you start thinking outside of the box, like exploring. So for instance, about 10, I'd say about 15 years ago, 12 years ago, I did not believe in aliens at all. And if somebody were to ask me, I'd be like, no, because if there was, why didn't we see them? Why aren't they here? I'm like a touch of feet kind of person. And then I owned a radio station, an online radio station. And one of my hosts who I became very close to was very big into aliens. In fact, felt that he was one. And we used to have long conversations like, we did a show together and then we had private conversations and I asked, I had a lot of questions for him. Some of them was way out there to me, but it started making me explore more. Now I 100, because of all of the exploring that I've done, even into ancient history, pyramids, artifacts that they've found, archaeological, like it's it, the, the history of cover-ups with the, with the government, like it's just so vast out there and some of it is so is is very obvious that I can't deny it yeah now yeah yeah that's interesting and there's some uh, not (laughs) to get too deep into aliens for this conversation but there's some people that think that we are um all aliens and and that we're all like you know aliens came down and that we inbred with them and there was like different skin colors and i've even had people tell me that all like the blue eyed blonde hair were the aliens <laughs> and everyone I've else that. i've heard that too You've i've heard, heard that, that too, too. <laughs> and and that, I, I mean I don't, I don't believe in every single expert that comes out i can tell yeah. you a few that i know are i, I just think they're bs yeah. um and they're you know they're, they're getting a limelight from it and they're it's mm-hmm. ego that's boosting it but when you look at the work of uh, Greg Braden, and he okay. is a geologist, uh, he's, he's hard sciences. He's got two, two or three, and and then uh-huh. some. And he's some, spiritual too. And he's spiritual, so he shared the, the the fact that they had found that our DNA. So they took apes DNA uh-huh. and the women's DNA because there's the Darwinian theory is that we have evolved from apes that we have a a half a chromosome different from their DNA which means that we can't come from them because of that half chromosome and so he implies without saying it that there was some kind of 
some we were created by some other so so we may have been created might have been the ape um neanderthal world but something else came and were co-created with that uh being the neanderthal mm-hmm. being and that's where that extra half chromosome came from and it gives us consciousness and it gives us a, a more of a thinking brain and you know, being able yeah. to be more creative and co-create, etc. It gave us gifts. We don't think so because we're, yeah. we're as human in general is so egotistical. If I created um the sewing machine, I would believe that I'm the only like I'm just a genius. It's me. Oh, I'm the genius. Right. I'm the one who created this. But you don't realize it. You co-created it. Co-created it with mm-hmm. with source, with mm-hmm. source energy. That's why there's arguments out there that People say, no, I created the sewing machine. No, I created like, like 20 people said they created the sewing machine because they did yeah. all at once. Only one got the fame. Oh my it. God. That, and that's, I love that. And that's the collective consciousness too, yeah. because people feel it in the ethers. Like you were saying, I get other people's ideas too, unfortunately, but um, well, I think it's fascinating, but I, I do agree with you about beliefs like it's so amazing to just be open. And like you said, take another person's position, research it, because it just shows that as humans, that maybe there are some things that we have in common. So, okay. I want to go into um, like people's life path. So could someone maybe never reach out to you or never really realize what their destiny or their life path is and then just die? And then do they have to like come back and then try again? <laughs> oh, you're so yeah. good. <laughs> yep. They could get yeah. inspired and do all these. You do it all like, again. And then all and the then same they people. have to come back to earth. Okay. Yeah, with all the same people, some of them may dismiss you. So if I have someone in this lifetime, and I have been able to grow and evolve from my relationship with that person that might have, excuse me, that might have been destructive or, you know, hard for me, but I I, I got over it, and I'm fine. And I'm ex- full acceptance and full unconditional love for that person. But that person hasn't gotten over it. So they make, we may, we will come back again in another lifetime. They will pursue me whatever way, maybe want to be my friend, maybe want to be the best father in the world or whatever, maybe want to be my partner and and I will dismiss them. I'll have no interest. I'll be just like, you know, and then they'll be pining over me and I'll be like, oh God, (laughs) they need to resolve that. I don't, I don't recognize them. Yeah. Because you already healed that in this lifetime. Oh my God. That's amazing. That's so insightful about relationships mm-hmm. because you see that a lot where one is the pursuer, go, go, go. And the other person's kind of like, like aloof. Yeah. Not interested. Yeah. Yeah. Now I can see that happening at the beginning of some relationships. Cause you might be with someone who, um, who just is shy at first yeah, or, or they're not showing being authentic or being their true self yeah. and you get to know them. And then over time, maybe you become attracted to them. Yeah. Yeah. And if you really did change, if you really did uh, feel like you want to just have a brand new start and prove to me that you're a different person, maybe eventually I give that person a chance. I see. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then, but very quickly, if they fit, if they fail in that, um, you know, trying to heal the relationship, I'll know right away. I'll be like, I knew you were going to be like that. (laughs) Move on. Interesting. Interesting. I'm just thinking about that in my own life, because when I was like middle school, high school, I had a lot of male friends and, and even going into my twenties and college, I had male friends that would pursue me, you know, to be in a relationship and mm. I wouldn't be interested in them. But then when it happened one time where I shifted and I was like, oh, I want to try this. And he ended up, we were in Mexico, like you're in Mexico. <laughs> we we're doing like the Rosarita incident, Nina's bike ride. And I told him, and it was like this big thing for me. And I was like, okay, I'm like ready to try this like romantic relationship or whatever. And he ended up hooking up with my best friend that trip. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It was so interesting. And he was so like mean about it. Like it's too late. You, I liked you for so long. So anyway, relationships are so interesting or even just dynamics of like meeting people and things. And that could be somebody that is um, part of your, like, think about all the people that you met in this lifetime. Yeah. I mean, we probably couldn't even, if you had to write down every, everybody (laughs) in grade school, everybody in high school, everybody you worked with, your neighbors, your friends, people that you even met on a vacation and you really connected with and you felt like, I'm so glad I met that person, but you may not ever see them again. Right. Imagine all of those people are your soul family. Yeah. That's hundreds, hundreds. And the more famous you are, the more popular you are, you are the more that you put yourself out there, mm-hmm. the more people you're going to meet. Yeah. I believe that's why there's very shy, reserved hermit type people because they have so much destructive soul family members that they're like, I'm just going to stay in my house. <laughs> I don't want to meet these people. I don't, I want a lifetime where I don't, I'm not dealing with Mm -hmm. these people, but then you don't deal with your triggers and you don't really deal with your, Uh the issue. So you're going to come back and do it again anyways. So do you believe that there's one person like a soulmate for you, or do you feel like there's many people that you could connect with and have a relationship? Many. Yeah. Yeah. You have a choice. It's your Mm -hmm. choice. Mm -hmm. You know, and, um, and it's their choice too. That's a co-creation. So right. you may meet up with someone who is someone that you've had many uh, important relationships with intimately and uh, decide that in this lifetime, you don't really want to make a go out of it because the, one of you isn't really ready to bring it to the next level. Mm. And that's the hard thing is that, if you evolve enormously in one lifetime, then the next lifetime, you're naturally not going to connect with those people because they haven't, they're not speaking the same language. It's not, it's not about they're on a lower level and you're on a higher level. It's just about speaking a different, you you just have a different language, different yeah. interests. And it, so could it be a different frequency too, if you're ascending? Yeah in a different vibration. I know you're saying it's not higher level, lower level, but um, I do believe in that too. And I do believe that we reconnect with similar people over and over again. And they, they come in different. They might be your mother, your brother, your, your lover, 
your mm-hmm. father they can come as your best friend i mean it sounds kind of ooh for some yeah. people i see that when i do astrology charts i can see like oh that he was your father like you guys have a and they'll they'll even recognize it they'll be like i feel like that i feel like there's a real parental protective um comforting relationship between us even though it's intimate in this lifetime yeah they could fully see that they could be parent child in another lifetime yeah yeah that's interesting so when you're doing your past life readings for your clients can you help them like move forward like cut that tie do you see oh yeah board connections yeah for that Mm -hmm. It happens a lot. Um, what I do is I we usually go through three lifetimes in one hour and I have them recognize all the people that's in that lifetime. So they'll see people in there yeah. and I'll have them ask them or ask themselves, do you feel that person is in this lifetime now? Yes or no? And they'll be like, yes. And sometimes they know right away that oh, was, yeah. that's yeah. my sister or that's mm-hmm. my mother or mm-hmm. that's my husband. Um, and sometimes the, the three lifetimes connect to each other. So I had one client, um, who has a really hard, difficult relationship with her parents. She doesn't now she's worked through it, but she felt, you know, more of the perpetrator towards her parents neglect or unloving nature. Mm -hmm. And then we went through three lifetimes and she realized that she was, she was the, or she felt like the victim. I'm sorry. She realized that she was a perpetrator and they, they had lifetime after lifetime where she wasn't that nice to them. And then they weren't that nice to her. Oh and then she wasn't nice God. to them. And then they weren't that nice to her. And just then it just like in this broken business. Yeah. yeah. There were brothers, oh there were business associates. There was yeah. all different types of dynamics there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. So what role does illness or disease play in our lives? Um, disease, disease and illness, say someone gets an illness and, or some kind of disease. What's the role of that in our lives? So several different things. Sometimes we birth ourselves into having specific illnesses because it's going to help other people that we're going to have soul families with. It's going to help us evolve very quickly. Uh Um, and it does, uh, we have, I mean, a lot of us will look at like, Oh, that's such a short life, but, um, they chose to have that very short evolutionary life. I see. Interesting. Disease disease is your temple to right? Like, I mean, we live in a very diseased world. We don't, we don't live in an environment where there is everything is healthy. You know, Mm -hmm. 90% of our food is not healthy. And uh, our air is not healthy. Our water is not healthy. So we have to take a look at how are we treating our bodies? And the more evolved, the more connected you are to source, the more sensitive you are to um, tainted foods and chemicals and air and everything that goes into your body, you're much more sensitive. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. There's so many different dynamics and aspects of that. So what do you see for humanity in for this year in 2023? So this year is the tipping point. I'm, I'm really hoping it is um, 
we we're it's up to us we can delay it i believe it's going much faster than anticipated i thought the tipping point would be 2024 and 2025 which it still will be but this year is going to determine uh which way we're going to go as a community as a collective and our are we going to support each other or yeah. are we going to continue to look for higher powers that will support us according to what we we need what we feel that we need and i believe that we're going to choose this year that we as a community and a collective that we will have to branch off and learn to support ourselves in in multiple tribal situations and that it will become by the end of 2023 moving into 2024 it'll almost become like viral it'll become like a trend uh, very much like the 60s movements, you know, where everybody was kumbaya and peace, love. It'll be kind of like that. that. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So people on the opposite side will think we're all a bunch of <laughs> you know, tree hugging. Dummies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. We're going to feel this loving tribal connection. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, me traveling around the world, I'm from Canada and in Ontario, which is getting very condensed with very negative energy around politics and illnesses and sicknesses and what you should do protocols and not protocols and mm-hmm. too much conversation about it or too much trying to avoid conversation. Yeah. And since we've been traveling, it's not specifically here, in, like in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've traveled in the States. It's more political politics. Mm-hmm. They're very entrenched in and condensed uh, but it's just not something here. We're connecting and talking and and tr- it feels very tribal and it feels very a uh, fun, light energy. And I've met people that have come from, uh, you know, they've been traveling around as well. And they said they feel the same way um, in a lot of the Caribbean areas. Uh-huh. Europe is starting to get pretty like that, but depends. Parts of Europe, we met people and I have clients from Spain, mm-hmm. Portugal, it's not quite like that there either. So you got to really be mindful of the environment that you're living in. And if you feel that it's getting a bit too hard for you to manage spiritually, uh-huh. find, a way. find a way. I get lost in, like, I, I never watch regular TV. Like, I don't watch TV shows or TV series or movies. I'm very, oh, very rarely. That's so in that. healthy. I watch yeah, I watch podcasts, I watch documentaries, I watch history, I, watch, I, well, I educate, I'm just constantly educating myself. And I get high on that. And it takes me out of that, I don't know, the world that just seems out of control for me. Wow. <laughs> it makes me feel much more in touch with my spiritual self, which I feel I have a lot of control over. That's so beautiful. And I was just in Mexico, uh, gosh, maybe about six weeks ago, just for Mm -hmm. a few days, like five days, but it really nourished my soul. And I felt the same way that there was this sense of like community and and helping and, and connection. It was, it was just beautiful. I I really enjoyed it. Uh, So I just wish you the most amazing time there. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you, interviewing you. You're amazing. And and we didn't even hear about like Holly's got an amazing book, 101 Answers from the Universe, Eyes Wide Open, available on Amazon. So I'll put that 
and your website, how to connect with AskHollyHall.com. Yeah. Yep. And I'll put that in the show notes, all of that information. So thank you so much for being on my show today, Holly. Thanks, Carissa. This was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Take care. Yeah, you too. That's it for today's episode of Zen Success. Head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to shows. Zen Success is also available on the radio in select markets through amfm247.com. Subscribe to the show and share with friends. Be sure to head on over to zensuccessshow.com to help you on your Zen Success journey. And join us on the next episode. May you find your own Zen Success in life.